Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. Welcome to NFL Live. Jack Collinsworth, Dan Graziano, Tim Hasselback, our coach, John Fox over, the, over on the end. What, what do we think? Any, any less belief in the Saints after last night? Any concern there? Wins a know. win, right? Wins a win. A Hard December to get wins football. in the NFL. It's their season effectively comes to a close. Sean Payton is all kinds of fired up. 12-9 is the final right there. You can see the offense has sputtered of late for the Saints, but the D continues to round a form after allowing more than 27 points a game in its first eight games. New Orleans has been the NFL's best scoring D since the start of Week 10. The pressure has been there as well as 28 sacks and tied with the Bears for the most takeaways. That's at 14. All right, it's a Tuesday, so we play panic or patience. First one we're going to do is the Saints offense heading into the playoffs. Are we panicking or are we patient with this group? What do we think? I'm definitely patient. They're doing what it takes to win. It's like somebody in the locker room there said they're 12-2. They're number one in the NFL for a reason. They're seventh in uh, yards. They're second in points scored. You look at that uh, Tommy Lee Harris fumble, I mean, that was the difference in the game. That was a touchdown. They're going to end the game. They're not even going to give Carolina the ball back. You know, I think they ate up 10 minutes in the fourth quarter on that four-minute, we call situation football, four-minute drill. It really was it should have ended the game and not even giving Carolina the ball back. So they're doing what it takes to win. And, look, they got room for improvement. You always do. I agree. I'm patient as well. The reality is that they can run the football. They're good at throwing the football. You have a quarterback that you trust if you're down or you have a situation at the end of the half. And I think you're right. Some of the unique stuff they can do in a four-minute drive situation with, you know, using Taysom Hill, which they, you know, got some work out of him last night late in the game. I think it's a good, balanced group. I think this idea that they need somebody opposite Michael Thomas, I think they have guys opposite Michael Thomas, especially how they can use Alvin Kamara. So, for me, I think it's um, I think it's a good offense, and I don't think we've seen their best days. Yeah. I, I, what do you think? What do you think? I'm going to sort of lightly tap the button, right? Like, I don't no, know, you can't. When you press it, the lights go off, everything. Yes. Look, you'd still you'd tra- you'd trade for their problems. If, you know, the Saints, they're, they're, they're the highest level team that there is. But you've seen this offense now struggle through a few weeks. And that Cowboy game is, is fresh in your mind in terms of a defense that operated very well through the entire game at all three levels, it was able to limit them, and it can be done. And when you look at playoff games, and games have to be won with big plays and explosiveness, that's been missing from the Saints here for a couple of weeks. And it's there. I mean, Alvin Kamara brings it, Michael Thomas brings it, certainly Drew Brees brings it, but if you can find a way to limit those high-end playmakers and force them to do crazy Taysom Hill stuff or throw it to Traquan Smith, then I think they become a little more vulnerable. Uh, playing in their building all January, they're, they're probably going to be okay. But I think there's a point to be made about how that offense has not clicked lately the way it did early in the season. If you just look around the league, though, you, these defenses, yeah. defensive coordinators are catching up with some of these high-powered offenses. I mean, it happens all the time in December and in January. So I, I think it's kind of par for the course. Now it's just finding ways to win 12-90. Yep. Yeah, people freaking out on the, on the Saints and it. It's 12-9, December Lightly. football, Lightly. on the road, in the division. A win is a win, man. Let's, let's celebrate this thing. Over on the other side, though, would you have a question? No, no, no. I'm oh, just, just a little brush. Yeah, okay. Just, <laughs> over on the other side, the Panthers were one 6-2. It's now six straight losses. Let's hear from the Panthers, whose season effectively ended last night. If you guys don't have a lot to play for the last two weeks, why play him? Risk any more injury uh, to it? Well, I mean... <laughs> Believe it or not, there's still a 
slim glimmer, so we'll see. I can't tell you, you know, what I'm going to say until I get an opportunity to know where he is, uh, you know, in terms of his physical state and his mental state. I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough situation right now, and we'll see. But until I get the chance to visit with him, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speculate. If Ron came to you and said, we want to sit here the last two weeks, your response? I guess we had to happen and have that conversation. If we had that conversation, I'm not looking forward to that conversation. A lot of people talk about the future. Do you hate that question? Oh, absolutely, I do because I, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you. I really can't. You know, I, I've been through it a couple of times. Um, you know, my first two seasons, and uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it comes down to, to one person, and that's the only one who knows. So. Like we're really going to find out about Cam's health soon because if he really is that dinged up, you got to rest him the rest of the way. There's no reason you go out there and let him keep getting hit. So let's do a little panic or patience right here. The Panthers' future is what we are saying. Are we panicking or are we patient with where they are? Well, I- I'm going to go panic on this one. And why I say this is this is they've got you know a, a new owner. I know Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is an outstanding coach. You're starting to hear anytime you lose six games, they're going to go after the head coach and they go after the quarterback. That's just the NFL. And I can tell you, they're not going to find better than Ron Rivera. And I, I'm panicked because that would be a huge mistake, in my opinion, uh, if they were to do something there. Ron Rivera is an outstanding coach. That's not the problem. You know, this team's just found a way to lose close games down the stretch. Um, you know, whether it's Cam healthy, not healthy, I think that'll be assessed here shortly. I'm talking about the next 24 hours. Uh, they just need to regroup and finish out this season. Yeah, for me, and I, I agree with your assessment on the coach, I'm going to go panicked as well. I want to focus on the quarterback situation. What is this? We're talking about the right shoulder of a guy that throws for a living, and he's had surgery, and it seems like he's not right. I mean, the last thing you want, there's been talk about maybe he needs another surgery, or maybe they don't know if he even needs another surgery. I, I don't know many guys that have played that position that have had multiple surgeries on their shoulder. So I, I'd be really, really panicked about the fact that that's even on the table or something that's being discussed, especially for a guy that's also used in a unique way as a runner in goal line situations and short yard situations. You saw a quarterback sneak last night. I, to me, a shoulder – I mean, look, go ask the Colts. If a shoulder problem is an issue for your starting quarterback, seems to me like it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say panic. I'm going to make it a sweep. And I, I go back to what Coach said about, you know, the stability. And if you're going to make changes, right, you have people in place who've done a good job putting a team together and coaching it. You know, if, if Marty Herney is going to be replaced as a GM, this is a guy who's, who's been a good at operating the draft and has built a team that has been a quality team for a long time. Ron Rivera, I believe if they let go of Ron Rivera, I think he'd have another head coach job within a week. So I think these are people who, have, who can be trusted to shepherd a team through a difficult time and through some uncertainty, and they should be given a chance to do that. And if they're not, I would definitely be panicked as a Panther fan because there's work to do there. They're starting to leak a little bit in that defensive front, which was such a strength for such a long time. To Tim's point on Cam Newton, you know, this is a guy who, as he gets older, he's not going to get healthier. That doesn't happen. So uh, I, w- I, w- I would think that I would be panicked, especially considering the talk of potential change there. So there went the Panthers, effectively. Uh, so let's, let's get to the team that the Saints are going to be battling then for first place and home field advantage going all the way through the Rams. And they have an injured star on their hands and their running back. And Todd Gurley's knee is all banged up. Let's, let's hear what Sean McVay had to say, talking about his running back. He said he's day-to-day due to inflammation in his knee. The Rams are coming off two straight losses, and they're going to travel to Arizona to play the Cardinals this weekend. So I guess the question is, start with you here, Coach. 
how would you handle this situation with Gurley? Because you know you have two weeks left. You can essentially sell out with him and try to do everything you can to get the buy and home field advantage and all that stuff. Or do you arrest them and say, we need a healthy Gurley going into the playoffs? How would you play this situation? Well, obviously, you have to have a healthy player. You're not going to play a star, MVP caliber type player injured. You know, that's not, not going to be even a potential answer. But they do have to get back to running the ball, regardless of who they stick back there. Uh, that's been kind of, I think, some of their issues. They're, they've got to go kind of figure it out. But I think it starts there, the ability to run the ball and their play-action game off of it. And when people have taken them out of that the last two weeks, both in Chicago you know, and against Philadelphia, it's been problematic. They need to get back on track. I, I think that's the... The issue I would be concerned about if you're the Rams, because when I watched Jared Goff play this past week, he looked like a guy that felt like he needed to make a play, felt like he knows that he's been struggling. And that's a bad place for a quarterback to be. I mean, the best example of it was the third and one play where he gets stepped on. And instead of just holding up, just laying on the football and punting it on fourth down, he gets up and tries to, to make a play, which is the one thing you can't do. You know, like rule number one of playing quarterback is like, don't make a bad situation worse. He did that. And I think you do that when you feel like you're not making enough plays. And think of how far that is from the beginning of the season when they were making all kinds of plays. So they need to get back on track. And so even a dinged-up Todd Gurley, I think playing him to help that offense get back in that rhythm is important for the Rams. And you heard him rolling. You're going you're to stick I with him. Th- I think you need to. I think you need to start playing better football when it matters the most. I think you heard Sean McVay say after that game that when they don't have Gurley in there, it affects their play calling. It affects what they can do. This is a running back who has played 86% of his team's offensive snaps this year, and that even, that even accounts for the recent games where he's been in and out. You've, you factor in that they lost three weeks ago Malcolm Brown, who was his top yep. backup. So you're, you're down to third string guys if you can't play him. The last couple weeks have been bad for the Rams, not just because they've lost, but because if they had plans to rest their guys in December in advance of a playoffs, they can't do that because right now they don't have that buy locked up. The mm-hmm. Bears are one game behind them and have the tiebreakers. So they're going to have to push it with Gurley to the extent that they can. And, uh, and you see what happens when he's not 100%. Obviously, it affects everything they do. And I think it does affect uh, – you've been a quarterback. I mean, when, when you don't have a full-strength team around you, it may be that you, you start reaching for things. Make a good right? point about Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown was excellent in pass protection. They trusted him. There wasn't any question. That, I don't think they felt like there was a drop-off in pass pro with Malcolm Brown. Now they have a second-year guy and a rookie backing him up, you know, yeah. t- backing Todd Gurley up, and neither one of them with any kind of experience. I think there's real concern there with both of those guys. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. Well, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens stayed hot Sunday with a win over the Bucks. Jackson is 4-1 as a starter, and the team will face another tough test Sunday. Excuse me, that's actually going to be Saturday when they fly out west. They take on the Chargers. That's in L.A. Big old Saturday game. I, I kind of like getting the NFL back on Saturday. Let's welcome in ESPN Ravens reporter Jameson Hensley. Is there any concern right now that the Ravens may be using Lamar Jackson too much as a runner? Yeah, well, Jack, there's no debate that Jackson has been taking a lot of contact. In his first five starts, Jackson has been hit 
31 more times than any other quarterback in that span. And Coach John Harbaugh said the Ravens aren't going to be changing how they're using Jackson because the focus is winning now and reaching the playoffs. Now, I spoke with Robert Griffin III, whose career was altered by getting hurt while running with the football. Griffin believes that Jackson will learn how to better protect himself. It might not be this year, but Griffin really feels that Jackson isn't stubborn and he'll adapt. Griffin even offered to take Jackson to see a friend of his at the Washington Nationals baseball team so they can practice sliding together. How about that? Let's take a look at the Ravens here. The Ravens currently hold the AFC second wildcard spot. Baltimore can still win the AFC North if they went out, and the Steelers at least lose one of their final two games, or the Ravens win one of their final two, and Pittsburgh loses out. However, Baltimore could be eliminated from the playoffs this week if they lose to the Chargers and the Steelers, Titans, and Colts all win. So we are officially two playoff cops. Yeah, that was that's, that was intense. It's complicated now. Uh, yeah, there, there's a little. I know they could be eliminated this week. That's right. You learn something new. That's, that's exactly day. right. Let's, so you you coached Tebow and you had that great playoff run with him. Do you think this is sustainable? What we're seeing from Baltimore? You know, I think it, for right now with two games left in the season and a potential playoff uh, spot, I think yes. I mean, we actually went into the divisional round, ended up beating Pittsburgh. A 12 and 14 came to visit us in Denver, and then went on to lose to uh, New England Patriots in Foxborough. But. You know, they, they look, they're one game away. They, they trotted out to Kansas City and came one drive away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. So definitely sustainable when you're talking about two of the best records, uh, both with the Chargers and the Chiefs in the AFC. So, yes, that formula works. You know, and having that as a, as a run threat, it, it creates problems for the defense, and in this case, the L.A. Chargers, this weekend. Tim, what, what have you seen from Lamar throwing the ball specifically? Um... You've seen glimpses of good stuff. There's no question about that. There's been glimpses of good stuff from inside the pocket. But clearly, when you look at the design of their offense, Marty Morningwig trusts him much more as a runner than as a thrower. And quite honestly, you go back to his time at Louisville, uh, Bobby Petrino trusted him way more as a runner than he did as a thrower. So nothing's really changed in that regard. So... Look, it, it's a little bit of a hold-your-breath situation when they call design pass plays. There's no question about it. Now, you get good uh, – You can. there's potential for good plays because of his ability on a design pass play for him to take off and run. I would just say this. In his five starts, he's, he's averaging 17 rushes. He's also been sacked 10 times during that stretch. So you basically are saying our quarterback's going to get hit 20 times in this game. That's a lot. And I understand we're only talking about, we're not talking about, hey, how is this for his career? We're talking about this season. But one of the reasons that he's fumbled seven times in five starts is because of that and the nature of their run game with these read plays where you're, the back doesn't know if he's getting it or if the guy's keeping it. Quarterback fumbles are an easy way to get beat in the postseason. That would be my biggest concern about that offense. What about Flacco? What are we hearing about Flacco, how he's handling this, his role, all, all of the above? You know, installed as the backup now that he's healthy again. and I mean, the expectation, look, a lot depends on how this thing ends up. But if it ends up the way it is now, with Jackson as the starter, and they go into next year wanting to design an offense around Jackson, and he's the guy for the future, then they'll want to move on from Joe Flacco and, and his huge salary. Their preference would be to trade it, because, you know, if you trade him, you get something back in return. You know, you save $10.5 in cap space. You carry $16 million in debt money, but at least you get something in return. And I think there's going to be a market for him 
this offseason. It's going to be an interesting quarterback market this offseason. No surefire answers in the draft that we know of yet. Uh, and the guys that are on the free agent market are all, you know, guys that, that are, you know, that, there's, no Kirk, there's no Kirk Cousins. <laughs> there's no Kirk Cousins. People are going to yep. be bidding huge for, right? So if you want to get like a Blake Bortles or a, or a Tyrod Taylor. So Teddy Flacco, I think, or Teddy Flacco. Bridgewater. Yep. Flacco's probably going to be somebody that they can get something for on the trade market. And I think that's where they'll look first. And if not, they'll probably end up releasing him, assuming that they've decided to go with Lamar Jackson, which is the most likely outcome. So a big game this weekend. you got to fly across the country, and you got to take on the Chargers. If we do see any struggle from Lamar Jackson, Coach, would you ever think about getting a little mix of, of Flacco, or, or would you ever go to a two-quarterback? Would you do any of that? We, we got close in our Tebow year as far as third down. I brought this up probably a month ago uh, with potentially, you know, first and second down being Lamar Jackson, and if it's third and two or more, Put Joe Flacco in. I mean, he's a more prototypical drop-back passer, and I don't think it's too far-fetched if it ever got to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his, his, his mindset would be on it, but I think it's doable because uh, that's the area right now that we don't know on Lamar Jackson. There's pure one-dimensional passing situations, and that is most prominently on third down. Listen, if they got down, I think pulling Lamar in because you had to throw the idea that you would do that, I think makes all the sense in the world, quite honestly. They have a good defense. I think the likelihood that they get down is probably slim. Um, I don't disagree with your assessment of playing two guys in kind of known passing situations. That would not be a position <laughs> that I or any quarterback would probably like to be in. Hey, third and seven, go fix this. Um, yeah. But look, when your other option is watching the other guy play, um, might not be a terrible thing to do. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all go, goes this weekend. Some tough losses for many teams that appear playoff bound. The Chiefs fell to the Chargers after blowing a 14-point fourth quarter lead and allowing a late go-ahead two-point conversion. The Patriots' hopes for a first-round bye took a hit after losing to the Steelers. New England fell to 3-5 and five on the road this year and hasn't finished with a losing record since 2009. Dallas' five-game win streak was snapped after being shut out 23-0 by the Colts. It was the first time the Cowboys have been shut out since Week 11 of 2003 against the Patriots. And the Seahawks are still in the wildcard hunt, but the Niners pulled off a stunner over them on Sunday. Seattle entered the contest having won nine straight games against the Niners. And a Nick Foles-led Eagles squad handed the Rams their second straight loss, marking the first time that the Rams have lost consecutive regular season games under Sean McVay. So you see all these teams. you got five current playoff teams that are losing, and some of them are, are some really talented teams. So let's take a look, a little panic or patience. We're going to do the ranking system. We're going to go... Five to one here. Who are we most panicked about? Who are we most patient about? Tim, start us off. Uh, so here's my list. Most panicked about the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, the reason I say that is I look at this list, I trust their quarterback the least out of the guys that, that of the teams that we have on there. They just got shut out. Okay? They just scored a single point against the, the Indianapolis Colts. Look, the Colts are a good football team or an ascending football team. I certainly don't look at it as some elite defense that should shut you out. And so I think when you look at that, the ability to score, even though they, they can run the football, even though their defense is improved, I just – you need your quarterback to play well in the postseason. You do. It's important for, to have that happen. I trust him the least, so I have them last. I was between them and Seattle for that spot. I went with Seattle because – it's, it doesn't work. Come on, come on, Dan. What are we so, doing here? 
Push it right on the. Oh, I guess oh, we're doing for him either. See, on, now you didn't on. give me any grief. No, I, I think Seattle's the team I'm the most. Oh, there we go. Because that would be the game, right? Cowboys, Seahawks, four versus five. It would be in Dallas. Dallas has been a much better team at home this year for, for whatever reason. Uh, totally different night and day. They beat the Saints at home. They get shut up by the Colts on the road. So I like them there. Uh, the way these two teams are committed to running the ball, this game could take about an hour and a half, uh, and it could be very low scoring. But I think the, the home game for Dallas would be the difference between two teams that, that have a lot of flaws and have, uh, deserve a lot of credit for how they've played this year, but probably are, are the two considerations for that fifth spot on this list. I'm going to go with you, Dan, and thank God I don't have to move it because uh, we had some of that. tell you it works. But, but yeah. The reason I have Seattle in that role, is, number one is, is is who they lost to this past week. You know, they go to San yeah. Francisco. I know they weren't at home, uh, which were, they're very, very good at home. <clears throat> and not taking anything away from the job Pete Carroll's done with this team, rebuilding that defense and where they are second in the league in takeaways. Um, I still get nervous about them generating enough offense and their defense a little bit against high-powered offenses a la the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So I'm still a little bit probably most panicked about the Seahawks and who they just lost to, giving up 29 points against the uh, the, the 49ers with their third quarterback. That concerns me. So nobody's really worried about the New England Patriots. Like If you ask New England fans, they're, they're, they're very worried. Everything's relative, right? Well, don't worry about everything. Tim, but, what do you uh, think? That's true. Listen, I think because of the expectations for the Patriots, you could have them, you know, kind of in most panic. I mean, look, not going to the Super Bowl is like, oh, my gosh, that, that's awful. Not making the NFC Championship game would, would be something we haven't seen in quite some time. And so I think when you look at that for New England, yeah, like th- that changes it because of what your expectations are for them. Look, there's a reason when you look at Bill Belichick's record at home in the postseason, it's remarkable. On the road, not so much. And so, yeah, that, that's cause for concern. Gronk doesn't look the same. That's a problem. But we've seen Brady make two ridiculously bonehead plays two weeks in a row down in the red zone. Like, I don't think that we're going to continue to see that. And quite honestly, it cost them the game both weeks. They went 3-5 and five on the road this year in the regular season. I saw a stat the other day. The only team to ever have a sub-500 road record and win the Super Bowl in the same season was the 2010 Packers. So it's not easy. And if you, it exposes a lot about you when you struggle on the road the way the Patriots have this year. And so I think, you know, relative to their historic expectations, their annual expectations, I think it's right to be more worried about this team than we've been about a Patriots team heading into January in a long time. Yeah, I would agree. The fact that we're not talking about them, you know, with the best record in the AFC and they've got home field advantage throughout, I think that is a little bit of cause for panic. Uh, the, the panic for me is a little bit their defense's struggle against the run. Mm-hmm. That's been problematic, in my opinion, over the last three weeks. I know we've had a lot of talk yep. about some of the mistakes that they've made late in games, whether it's the quarterback or even coaching decisions. But the one that concerns me the most is that run defense. There you go. Nobody really very worried about the Chiefs after that loss. I mean, just kind of well, freakish. No, I had them at two. The reason I had them at two is they're not good on defense. As good as they are on offense, they're not very good on defense. They've given up, I think, 61 pass plays of over 20 yards. That's yep. worst in the NFL. That's a big number, and they are giving up five yards per carry on defense. Those, I mean, if you want to try to find a way to beat the Chiefs, if you're getting five yards a clip running the football, you keep that offense off the field. And then when you do throw it, if you've got an opportunity for chunk plays, I mean, yeah, I'd be a little worried about that. They've been sitting in that top seed in the AFC all year, 
But if they lose to Seattle in Seattle Sunday and the Chargers keep winning, they fall all the way to the five seed, and then the panic goes way up. Well, since week four, the Chargers have been the fourth-ranked scoring defense in the NFL, so we had to welcome in one of the real stars of that show. He is defensive end Melvin Ingram. A wild comeback win on Thursday. How did that one feel, Melvin? Man, it felt great, man, just just showing all the hard work we put in, really. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And a huge one coming up this weekend with the Ravens as well. And of your last four games, Saturday will be the third in prime time. How do you feel about the bright lights? Man, I feel good, man. You know, I'm all about the, the prime time and the bright lights, man. That's where you make your money at. That's where you show the world what you're really about. What's been your impression so far of watching a guy like Lamar Jackson play? Man, uh, a great athlete, man. He He's somebody you really got to account for, really. And if you don't account for him, he'll make you pay. So, so give me some idea of how that kind of changes your life over there on the edge when you have a guy that can run around and do some of the things <laughs> that he's able to do. Man, it don't change my life. We still going to get out of the quarterback the same way, really. He, he, he's still at the quarterback position. Even though he can run, we just got to cancel him out in that phase. But as far as passing, we still going to get out of the quarterback. So, so your week will be done on Saturday night, but the Chiefs are going to be in Seattle on Sunday. And no matter what happens Saturday, that's going to have massive playoff implications uh, for you guys. How close there are you going to be following that game? Uh, we're going to be following them. Of course, you, you'll be lying if you say you wouldn't follow them. But first, we got to go out and do what we need to do on Saturday. Yeah, and Anthony Lynn is going to be a front runner for Coach of the Year, and, and rightfully so. Uh, I would say, what has he brought that you like most? Man, his mentality, man, his dog mentality. It's all about it's all, it's about us, not about nobody else, and we control everything. And that's the mentality I like. Like his, his mentality is amazing, man. He he about what we're about, and it, it's out, it's to go out there and kill no matter what. Give me some idea of what it's like to be a 37-year-old Philip Rivers teammate with 18 kids and all the things he has going on. What's it like to be his teammate? Man, it's great, man. Phil is really one of the greatest people on this team, man. Phil is a is a great person inside and out, man. He he's always he's one of the leaders for a reason, and he's been in this lead this long for a reason, man. And so he's the one that keeps this team running. Really, we he he lead, we follow. I got a little look on Twitter of that Sprinter van of his. Does he have the coolest car on the team at this point? Yes, 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 sir, for sure, for sure. He got TVs and all in there. <laughs> okay. And how, how is it having Bosa back uh, on the other side for you? Uh, it's been good. You know, Bosa is one of the great pass rushers in this league, and we can have that caliber player back in the lineup. It's a blessing, really. So, you know, me and him, we, we, we got a combination that we got going, and having him back is amazing. Who's your MVP right now, would you say, Melvin? I know your quarterback's in the conversation. There's some other good quarterbacks around the league. Who are you going with and why? Me, to keep it real, MVP, I probably would go with Aaron Donald, man, because I feel like the most valuable player is a player that affects every player. And a quarterback, he has to touch the ball every play, of course. But it's time to make a change in this league, and I feel like Aaron Donald has made that change to where he's affected every single play, where you got to come out, you got to game plan and know where he's at every single play. If not, he's going to make you pay. So I think that's my MVP. Is there anything you notice from Aaron Donald's game that you try to maybe steal a piece of? Is there something that you like that he does that you're trying to work on? Anything along those lines? No, nah, I ain't imitating nobody's game. I got my own game. I ain't imitating nobody's game. Yeah, well, that's true. You got, you got a pretty darn good game yourself there. Yeah. Uh, I saw that you predicted the Chargers would win the Super Bowl this offseason. How do you feel about that pick right now? Man, I still feel the same way. From day one when I came in, I still feel the same way because I know the work we put in day in and day out. And I know the mentality we got, and we're trying to get somewhere, and we're going to get there. 
No, I, I saw that you dropped this rap album, and I got to tell you, I was listening to it today while we were writing the show, <laughs> and I love some of the music. I'm curious, what first got you into the music scene? Uh, my growing up, my the way I grew up, man, my life really, really put me into the music scene. And, and, and for me, it's a way to vent. It's a way to express myself. It's a way to tell my story. So that's why I'm so deep and heavily in the music. Mm-hmm. And your first album that you released was called Franchise Tag, and it was right after uh, that you signed that tag last year. Why did you decide that that would be the direction you'd want to take with the title? Uh, because my music is always about my life, and at, at that point in my life, that's what I was going through. So, so that's how the name came up. Did, did getting Franchise Tag change you at all? What, what, was, what was that experience like? Did, were you angry? What, what was that for you? I wouldn't say I was angry. Uh, I really, I really can't express the feeling, but it, it's just, you just, like, like any other player in this league, you want, you want some security. You want to know that they want you here for a long time. And, and my organization wanted me here for a long time. And, and at that time, I didn't understand that, but now I do. Melvin, best of luck. I know it's a big game this weekend. Enjoy it. And, uh, we really appreciate you taking some time today. Yeah, we appreciate you checking in with ASAP. All right, there we go. There's a whole lot of noise surrounding this Chargers defense heading into 2018. And they got off to a pretty slow start to the season, but have tightened things up since starting one and two is what they started. Since week four, though, the Chargers defense ranks top five in the NFL in scoring defense and total QBR allowed and have been much more efficient on a per play basis. Let's take a look at those numbers right there. Let's get into some of these injuries, though, because when you talk Chargers right now, it's about the skill position, guys. So we got to turn to the best in the business, and it is our Stefania Bell. Stefania, let's go through the injuries right now, the skill positions. Who should they be concerned about in L.A.? Well, Melvin Gordon is perhaps the hottest topic because it looked like he had a chance to go last Thursday. He was really, really close. You know, go back to when he was injured. Week 12, sprained MCL. That's a game where they had actually considered holding him out because of soreness in his opposite knee. Now he's made good progress. We know that he was very close, but it's not just the ability to cut laterally and power off the knee. It's the football conditioning, and the source told me they couldn't deny that another nine days would really help him out. Then you got Austin Eckler, who would have been there uh, behind Melvin Gordon, but he's dealing with a stinger and a concussion. So nerve injury that affects the arm and the hand. Still in the concussion protocol, but was able to practice without a helmet on Monday. So definitely encouraged by his progress, but will need clearance for contact and to return to play. As you know, that's a day-by-day situation. And then most recently, Keenan Allen, who's been a star for them as a receiver, goes out with a hip pointer last week. You saw him kind of grab the side, the top of his hip. That's the area where a hip pointer occurs. This is really a pain issue and a functionality issue. If he can get back on the field by this weekend, he definitely will. What a list. I mean, what, what a list of injuries going into the playoffs. So let's go to the other side of L.A. We saw Todd Gurley was limping heavily Sunday. What should their plan be with just two weeks to the playoffs? Well, if you've heard Sean McVay, he said if he's medically cleared, he will play. And there's a chance that he could be. We saw Gurley struggling a little bit late in that game, dealing with some inflammation in his knee. This is the same knee he had an ACL reconstruction on just when he was entering the NFL draft. And he's held up remarkably well. But it's normal to have things build up, especially with the kind of work you get if you're a Todd Gurley runner. So they'll manage him well across this week with the hope that he can make it back 
And if he does, don't be surprised if they balance his workload a little bit, keeping in mind they're looking beyond the regular season. Well, Stefania, I call you the best in the business. You prove it week after week. Way to go. That was a lot of fun. A lot of injuries to get through. You got through them uh, very, very well. So let's get to some of these pass rushers right now. You have Bosa and Ingram. Give us a little perspective, Coach. How good are these two? Well, they're good. If not the best, they're in the top three for sure. Uh, getting Joey Bosa back has been really the difference for that defense. You know, he was a big part of it, missed a lot of time early. I was an injured foot. He's gotten healthy. And that's really been, I think, a big reason why you've seen the increase in the defensive stats for the L.A. Chargers. You know, Gus Bradley's done a great job. I think they match up well this week against the Ravens, even with Lamar Jackson and his athleticism. The speed and athleticism of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are going to be very, very key to playing basically what's option football in the National Football League. How concerned are you about those offensive injuries? That's a long list of stars there. It's a long list. Everyone's banged up this time of year, and you need these guys getting healthier. So I think you're concerned about that. You know, listen to Stefania. I mean, look, it seems like help is on the way with Melvin Gordon coming back. It looks like Eckler's going to be okay. You know, I think the thing for them, the biggest one that I would be concerned about would be Keenan Allen. He's far and away their best wide receiver. And so I think because of that, uh, an injury to him would be much harder to deal with than even a Melvin Gordon one when you think about how the other backs have played and, quite honestly, the way the offensive line has played. So I'm concerned about it. Injuries are a big deal for everybody this time of year. I think the good news for them is at least it seems like guys are, are, are coming back. Help is on the way. Now, can they stay healthy is the big question. Anthony Lynn has been phenomenal out there, and he's, he's really getting in that coach of the year conversation, so we got to get to our, our experts who've been tracking this closely. Dan, what are you hearing uh, about, about whether or not he may get that or where that well, stands? He's one, there's a lot of strong candidates, but he's one of the top ones, if not the top one at this point. When you talk about, talk about those injuries, they lose Keenan yeah. Allen early in a game where they're already down to their third-string running back. They're missing their best defensive tackle. They're missing the middle linebacker. Bosa has only played the second half. You know, he's he's overcome that. I had a chance to talk to him on Friday after that after that game, uh, the day after that game. And what he wanted to talk about in terms of coaching was not the game. It was the offseason and the program he put in place and the, the small group uh, workshop sessions he set up with his players with the help of his team psychologist and all the conversations they had. And he said all that stuff leads to a team that when you get to these fourth quarter situations, I really believe trusts itself. These players trust each other. And so his pride, the pride he's taking in the coaching job he's doing, Anthony Lynn, is the stuff that he put in place in the offseason long before the cameras were on. And I think he, he's of the belief that that's really showing up. Fourth quarter comeback against Pittsburgh. Fourth quarter comeback against Kansas City. It's a team that goes through a lot. Their, their home games are road games, you know, in yep. this little stadium where all the, the visiting team's fans come. So they're, they're, they're up against a number of things that other teams aren't, and that's the kind of thing that wins you coach of the year when you have the kind of record he does. You knew that from Phillip Rivers, who's, you know, been around his share of co- coaches in his career, whether it's offense coordinators or head coaches, and he talks about it. He talked about yeah. it early, and to be able to, you know, have kind of the start in that game they had where he had a couple turnovers early, fell behind, and yet they fought back and came back to win that game, big yeah. divisional game. Yeah, and Lenny started his tenure 0-4, but the Chargers have posted a 20-6 and record since week five of last season. A little turnaround is what we'll call that. So, so what do we think about the Colts? If they're able to figure out their way into this thing, how dangerous do you think this group is, Coach? I think that, you know, I wouldn't want to play them. You know, you got Andrew Luck at quarterback, starts with him. But I think that O-line, I think the defense is improvement, improving, I think – uh, their rookie, number 53, Darius Leonard, is as good a young football player as I've seen on tape. 
So I, I like their chances if they can get in. They've got a tough closing schedule, but we'll see. You talk about if they can get in. I, I go back to, I know a lot of people think, like, hey, Frank Reich sent a message to his team early in the season, in overtime, not a lot of time left in the game. It's fourth and one. Deciding to go for it in your own end when, honestly, punting the football, you're basically guaranteeing yourself a tie. They go for it against the Houston Texans. They don't get it. They ultimately end up losing the game. I think in this time of this shortened overtime, the coaching philosophy has to change. A tie would have them in a very different situation. You just look at it this season, how ties are helping teams when you just look at, uh, you know, that last wild card spot. It just... I think it's something that should be a learning lesson for for teams going ahead in the future. And I think it may be the one thing that ultimately will keep this team out of the postseason, which is absolutely brutal. But who knew at the time? You didn't think they win but seven out of yeah, That's the point. Right, you right, don't right. know, and that's why you go ahead and right. take it. Uh, I think they can be dangerous if they can keep Andrew Luck upright, as they have for most of this season, and if they can continue to play defense the way they have. Since week seven, best scoring defense in the league, allowing just 15 points a game. Watch out for first-year defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus to get interviews for head coaching jobs here when those start to happen in a couple more weeks. Okay, so one guy in particular that's been tough on fantasy owners through the playoffs is OBJ as he's been dinged up. Get to Dan Graziano. What is the latest right now with where his health is? Yeah, if you've made it this far to your fantasy championship with, in spite of Odell Beckham's injury, that means you have a good backup plan. You might continue to need it or go get Mike Williams like Matthew Berry said. Look, this is a quad injury that has taken a long time to heal. He and the Giants have not been on the same page in terms of the severity of it. He practiced a couple weeks ago and then told them Saturday or they told him Saturday he couldn't go. So watch this throughout the week. He's obviously not 100%. If he's healthy enough to go, he'll go. But at this point, that's a big if, and you might not have an answer until Saturday when the Giants leave for Indianapolis. There you go. I like it. Who are you all in on? A little teaser? You want to give a little tease? I, everybody knows. who I'm, If they watched last week, they know who I'm all in okay. on. I like it. Who are we all in on, Coach? Start us off. Well, I'm going with Andrew Luck and those Indianapolis Colts. The way that O-line's protecting them, that young defense that just shut out the Cowboys, all in on those Colts. I don't know why you got such a little present. Hopefully there's something nice in there. For that I would one. say something, but I'm not going to I was all in on the Chargers last week. If you watch their game against the Chiefs, you know they had it all the way. Never in yep. doubt. So I'm going to stick it. with the Chargers. You picked the Chargers last week. The char- I did. That's a big I'm going to stick with the Chargers, beat Baltimore, keep it rolling. And if Kansas City falls and Seattle, this could be your number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. This mm. box. You know, obviously I work with the people who uh, do these. Like, I, I mean, seriously. Is that I the big You know what I mean? Got the big buzz. Yeah, it's really special in here. Listen, I'm going with the Saints, but not in the typical way of saying, hey, I think the Saints are going to have home field advantage, all that. All these questions about their offense. Will they get back on track? I, didn't think, I don't think they need to get back on track. Their defense is good enough to carry them. Think about how good they're playing right now, how well they're playing right now. Then think about them playing in their own building with that defense. They can rush the passer. They've got linebackers that can run. They've got, um, you know, cornerbacks that can make plays. I, I think I'm all in just on that Saints defense, period. Super Bowl matchup. Saints Chargers. Maybe so. so. I, I agree with you. The, the Super Bowl obviously going to go through New Orleans in all likelihood. That's why I'm going to go all in on the Dallas Cowboys. Oh I understand they just got whooped. I got it. But they have two of the fastest linebackers in football, Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. I just talked to Jalen Smith. It's a confident group. That was right after that New Orleans game. 
Little sideline to sideline. Alvin Kamara didn't like those Cowboys. I'll tell you that. Jumps up next. Everybody have fun. Peace.